0: You're listening to the Superpower Up podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckler, your superpower expert, and I'm delighted to have with me a woman who is just very yummy. She's like she embodies so much of the goodness of what we all um, are opening up to and experiencing here. Tambra Hark is a embodiment of the kind of our relationship with each other, our relationship with the divine, our relationship with the world around us. And and she does such a phenomenal job of presenting that and being that in a very intelligent way. And that's one of the things I appreciate about my connection with her is there's this real wisdom to what she does. And it's not, um, she doesn't lose the connection and the feeling of it with the intellect of it. And so, and that's a gift. That's a real art to be able to kind of entwine those things together to help people understand, to help them feel it. And then to be that in a way that makes others, you know, kind of look up and and, and know that it's possible. And so I, that's why I'm really excited to let you connect with her and to hear what she has to add into the conversation of um, how we're evolving into this conscious awareness of heaven on earth. So, Please join me in welcoming Tomber to the
1: show. Welcome. Mm, thank you.
0: Mm, I it's love all the you.
1: you just said. Like, you have no idea how, like, of course you do. How right on. <laughs> but just collect words. I'm like, that's just fun. <laughs> oh, beautiful,
0: beautiful. Yeah, it's a, I, I think that we should all be, like, introduced that way every morning, you know, or, mm. you know, anytime we walk into a room, I think that we should all have introductions um, ahead of time,
1: <laughs> if for no other reason to remind us who we are, I, I oh, think it's fun. important.
0: Yeah, for for a while there, I was joking, saying that you know we should have like morning calls where everyone just says, "Okay, we're good enough, we're smart enough, and gosh <laughs> darn it, people like us." They like us. <laughs> well, very cool. Well, again, thank you so much to for joining us, and um, you know, without without any uh, further further delay, we'll ask,
1: "What are your superpowers?" So knowing you were going to ask me this question, <laughs> I had to really ponder because, you know, there's the living them and then there's putting them into words. And the the as I got up this morning and knew we were going to have this conversation, here's what I landed on. The two that I know without a doubt are my superpowers are energetic, what I call energetic facility. And what I mean by that is I'm facile. Like I can move um, physically, mentally, um, etherically um, interrelationally <laughs> in facile ways, which uh, allows me to i don't know it allows me to do obvious like, I'm going to say obvious things, but obvious things like channeling or you know receiving psychic messages. But it also gives me the sense that I have the capacity to be way more than this one single human being who has these two particular parents and these two sisters and a lover and a live in a house, you know, like very ordinary self, that I have the, the range in myself of moving into different archetypal realms and in different art, uh, energetic um, access points, if that makes sense. I love that about myself <laughs> and sometimes oh, yeah. I get really ordinary in my life. I'm like, how come I'm not being energetically facile?" I'm like, Oh, you are, even when you're planting mm-hmm. a vegetable garden, I'm like, Oh, that's fine.
0: <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. And so, so let's talk a little bit about what you mean by facile.
1: Sure. So, um, you know, we talk about facility as, um, like facilities, a, a, a maybe a synonym for skill um, in this regard. So having that facility, um, or being facile is, um, uh, man, it just calls into those places where I might be inclined to get really rigid
0: mm-hmm. or,
1: um, uh, and, and I might not even feel rigid, but I might feel stuck in some way, or I can only see from one point of view, which is not my general way but when i know that i'm being really stuck in one point of view is a great way for me to like kind of get the whoa wait a minute uh i have facility here that means i can see from many perspectives it means that i can shift my body and have a different orientation to what this is Mm, beautiful and like like a fluidity uh, yeah yeah so you know (laughs) we were talking before we got on the session about some of the influences of our or insights we see about who we are from our earlier lives. And when I was really young, we lived in many different places, not like military kids, but like, um, my father was a modern day, um, fortune hunter in a way that, you know, we moved to follow whatever opportunity he thought he you know could pursue and make his mark. And we never moved more than 40 miles away, but every move meant a new school, new people, new kids, new, neighborhood, new, like new city, and I was always the new person and I loved it because I could show up as whoever I wanted to be right then. It didn't mean I wasn't authentic. It meant I was full of range of expression and possibility, and that's part of what I mean by facility.
0: Well, and what I like about it, as opposed to just simply saying um, fluidity, is that it does have this um, underlying tone of, of ease, and um, what you 're speaking of is something that we play with here at superpower experts it's actually one of our cat Two superpowers because we 're super geeked out on superpowers here and um, but but you know I named it chameleon ability, and what i 'm finding is is yes. that the more people who awaken to this ability and that 's why I call it a Cat Two one because it is very powerful.
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: it's, um, it's coming online now. So essentially those of you who wield it um, in a predisposed fashion are creating what it's going to look like, but it challenges the whole concept of I am. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting because most of the thought leaders and everybody else who kind of came forward had a very solid sense of self, and then they preach that and teach it to others. But that's not true of everyone. And, and I think that we're seeing a whole different version of that story now and there's purpose in it. There's something very significant that's unfolding in that dialogue. Yes. And um, I'm just watching because I, I, I don't, I'm not predisposed. To that. I certainly can access it through others. I believe we mm-hmm. all have access to all the superpowers, but there are certain people mm-hmm. who agreed to be part of that particular, the writing of that story that we can all read it, but the writing right. of it is very specific. And uh, my husband's one of those people, my, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and I watch, how he's unfolding that as he steps more and more clearly into these high levels of, of abilities, and I, for one, am just fascinated with it. Um, mostly just because, as a bystander, I'm like, well, what are you going to do next?" You know, because I don't, right. you know, I write all my stories, but they're my stories. You know, so now watching all of this unfold, um, I predict that we're that that's going to be a big um, a, a big uh, catalyst for change here in the next, you know, five to 10 years. Mm
1: -hmm. I agree. I, um, uh, there's a lot of words for it, right? So chameleon is one, um, which has, you know, its whole shadow component, um, as well. Uh, shamans, um, and people who've moved through that kind of lineage of training or innate access, um, might call it Mm shape-shifting and, Um, Some of it's volitional, which is extraordinary. Some of it gets to be um, projected upon us. And I think that's one of the places the shadow can become Mm -hmm. really, uh, the shadow application of it can get very disorienting, especially to the true sense of I am. Like I am all. It fits Mm -hmm. great. But when I, I used to work in a company where Um, I was the projection screen in the company as a whole like and we had like 10,000 students and clients so and I was the managing director so like everybody knew me and the predominant projection on me um, or one of the predominant projections on me was of mother earth. Okay that's pretty cool (laughs) and it's hugely limiting because it's not the truth of my wholeness correct and so yeah. if I could get like I could start to be like I am gonna prove you know in my reactionary ways like I'm gonna prove to thou I am not mother Earth. watch me mm-hmm. access you know the power of numbers yeah. <laughs> watch this you know um yeah, which was also great because it really pushed me into trying and and exploring mm-hmm. that I hadn't yet
0: Well, the reaction. Yeah, well, exactly. And so in that, yeah, and allowing the environment and what we've we've contracted for and what we've asked for and what energetically we continue to bring forward to mold us and shape us in in really unique ways. And, And I contend that as long as, you know, this goes back to what we said at the beginning of the show, as long as people remember who they are, they can move into those in very facile ways in the sense of, allowing them to mold and shape them. And part of it is you kind of have to take on that identity for a minute to then integrate what you want to integrate, transmute what you agree to transmute and then move through it. Um, mm-hmm. Where I find people, you know, I, you know, I laugh a lot cause it, you know, the whole concept of breaking out of the matrix and it's like, everyone's like, Oh yeah, I already did that. I did that years ago <laughs> when I watched the secret. And it's like, that's great. But nobody's calling out the fact we just created a new construct. Right. And this construct is the construct that was defined by the people who think they broke out of the matrix. Yes. And so it's like, okay, great. And guess what? We have to do it again. Like yes. we just made another one and that's what we're going to do time and time and time and time and time again until we mm-hmm. get that we can jump off the hamster wheel for good. But while we're still on it, recognize that we truly are creating those experiences and there's something in them as we you know, disengage from all of the stories and the, and the programs and everything else Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, put, push that agenda. Um, Well, I think, I think that's absolutely fascinating. And one of the things we talked about um, unveiling in this dialogue is this concept of heaven on earth, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and how, how, when we can, you know, kind of kind of be in conscious awareness of what that means. And I think there's a lot of myths around, a lot of stories, a lot of explanations, people, you know, constantly trying to, to define that. What's your understanding of it?
1: I agree. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of talk about it from the same um, uh, vantage point that I see it, I believe. There's also uh, a lot of history, like millennia of history of conversations about how heaven's not on earth period um and can't be and you know a lot of the dogma and religious perspectives have have um declared that we have to earn our right to live in heaven which is not on earth i could not disagree more i think that I think that our illusions of what heaven is, is unworldly. And um, and that just keeps us from creating experiences. Um, so the, the way that I think about heaven on earth is this. I think we create and live in moments of heaven on earth over and over and over again. When we catch a sunrise and we're like, did I just feel that? Did I see that? Did that like like infuse light into every cell of my being? Wow, it really did. Okay, now I'm gonna get up and stretch. Ooh, my body aches. <laughs> right. And so now we're in the, oh wait, ah, or I've got to have this really hard conversation. I'm like, oh, I totally forgot I was in heaven on earth for a moment. Mm-hmm. So the consciously creating lived experiences of heaven on earth calls us again and again and again to be present for how we are heaven in our bodies, in ourselves, in our souls, in our divine expression. We are heaven. Our embodiment of that is how we bring it to earth. Yes, through things like kindness and, um, conscientious, uh, uh, compassion and, um, you know, standing for and being, um, representations of peace. Yes, that, but not just that also in the ways that we are in our everyday ordinariness, we can be experiencing and creating heaven and the ripple effects of what that is, um, is <laughs> like, You know, we could start to quote all sorts of studies now, like the work that, um, oh, I just based on her name, uh, uh, the intention experiment, um, Taggart. uh, Just, (laughs) I can see her book from here, but I can't think of her first name. Um, That our energetic presence, back to this energetic facility, like our energetic presence and consciousness of heaven in ourselves has a ripple effect out through All time and space, which means every animal, every rock, every person, every tree, every glacier, every person who's sitting in their home thinking, "Um, I cannot survive this. I, you know, I'm destitute or I'm heartbroken or I have a dream bigger than I can ever, you know, perceive living into or like we could go on and on because there's so many of us, billions that we're sitting in our homes separate from one another, thinking that we can't have heaven. Every one of us who lives it in a moment, and then another moment, and then another slightly more aware moment, and a little more, oh, I created this conscious moment. Like over and over and over again, those ripples touch the souls of every being. And and I mean, every being, like I think of rocks as, beings. So so. Um, I'm pretty extreme in that. (laughs) Um, I love it. And uh, it's so it's not something we achieve because we did all the right things in the way that somebody else said, this is how you're supposed to live and then you'll get to have it. It's not that at all. Mm,
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then explore this concept further because we've been talking with Tomber Hark about conscious awareness of heaven on earth and I'm sure you're noticing, those of you listening, um, there's a lot of depth and um, areas that we can explore within this conversation. When we come back, we're going to talk about ways that you can actually implement what Tambra's talking about. It feels like um, for some of us, it feels very uh, insurmountable to to have that experience. and. And we're going to talk about how you can do that for yourself. So stay tuned and we will be right back.
1: Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The superpower net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the net, you get 20 24 seven access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the superpower net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more.
0: Awesome. Very cool. You've been listening to the superpower podcast. We're talking with Tom, before we get going any further, um, where can people go to find out more about you?
1: My website is my name. It's worth spelling, but everybody will be able to see it wherever you're watching this. It's spelled T A M B R A. Last name is Hark. H-A-R-C-K.com. Perfect, perfect. And
0: and um, we were talking before the break about conscious awareness of heaven on earth, and you did such a great job of of really illustrating that and and letting us all touch that that your definition of that and how you perceive of it. Um, and I know that we've got listeners that are, that are listening to you going, okay, that's great. And, mm-hmm. you know, or, but how do I do, that? you know? So, so what is some step or a step that people can take now to, to, to start walking that path a little
1: more clearly? I have like three. <laughs> I'm Perfect. Honest. We'll take them all. <laughs> great. So I am a big fan of journaling. Um, and one of the reasons that I'm a big fan of journaling is that we forget our insights. We forget that where we've been, what we've seen in ourselves and we get stuck in the stories we, we repeat. Um, so journaling helps in, influence the, what we remember. So my first suggestion would be to have an intention that I'm going to experience heaven on earth somehow today. And at the end of the day, before I go to sleep, I'm writing it down. We don't know what that moment's going to be. We have like no idea. (laughs) But when you set the intention already, you're putting yourself in alignment with the energy of it. You're setting the anticipation of it, which I think is magic. And now you're going to be in an observation mode and a willingness to create it. Then when you document it, Day after day after day, you start to see your personal access points to experiencing heaven on earth. They are going to be very different than anyone else's. They're going to uh, some of like they're going to whatever your natural gifts are for. Um, I call it innate wisdom, but 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 also your embodiment of the ways you experience your unique way of being are going to influence the ways that you see and experience heaven. So anticipating it every day. Now that means that if each day you are going to bed and you're like, I didn't see one. Huh. This is the second suggestion. Now I'm going to, as I lay down to go to bed, I'm going to set the intention that my dreams will show me heaven as I know it. So uh, dream work is something that I love, <laughs> love, 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 um, from the sleeping dream and the lucid dream and the fantasy dream. Like they're, they're all the same dream. The, the waking dream, they're all the same dream. But the ones that come through in our sleep are in, uh, mostly spoken through symbol which means just energy. So we don't have to have all the other story. And so you might have a dream that for a moment, all you remember is you saw the ocean or you Mm. saw a bird on a limb. And that was it. That was the whole dream. Or you saw, you heard a, a laugh. If you have asked for a dream to show you the way you experience heaven, you just got uh, a hint from your own psyche and your own soul into the ways that you tap into heaven. Now, the next day you can set the intention. I'm going to, uh, at, you know, experience heaven on earth today. Now you've got that little hint, like maybe you heard a laugh. So you're going to start being aware of laughter or maybe you saw a bird on a limb and now, like, oh, wow, I'm noticing there's a hummingbird outside my window. It's not on a limb, but it's right outside my window. Is this heaven? Do I know this as heaven? So that curiosity is what I'm really speaking of. But And then taking it to owning it, recognizing it, seeing that this truly is an answer from yourself, your your bigger I am that says, ah, okay, this is one of the ways, one of the many, 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 many infinity ways I know heaven. Mm, So to continue that, those two practices I think is powerful enough. If we're going to apply it to one of the things I feel most strongly about and most called to in my life, which is to creating a, lived experiences of hum, as, as heaven on earth, for humanity on this planet, then as you're ready, which you might be already, <laughs> to expand that to setting an intention for I'm going to experience and create heaven on Earth when I do that interview today, mm. when I shake hands with my new business partner. When I come face to face with, uh, you know, a new potential JV or client or um, publisher or, right, we just go on and on, whatever the um, ways in which you enact your purpose in life, bring your intention for heaven on earth into an act for the day. And you'll notice I'm saying one thing. I'm not saying expect yourself to live heaven on earth from the moment you you know, lift your head off the pillow until the next day you lift your head off the pillow. No, that's way too big an expectation. <laughs> and <laughs> we live in bodies for reasons so that we can experience really ordinary stuff. And and that can be heaven too, but, but the expectation for it will actually squelch it for you. Mm. So be really spacious here and curious with yourself in the intention and your observations of heaven.
0: I think that's awesome. And it, and it and it's so interesting because that, you know, you talked about before the break, the concept of the the book, the intention experiment, mm-hmm. and, and we forget that it's, it truly is a discipline. Like it truly is a, um, you have to do the work. And I know that um, a lot of times clients hear that and it's one, it's no fun. Like nobody wants to hear that, but it's, it's also the willingness to take complete self ownership of what you're focusing on and how you're focusing on it. And so, so to lay down at night, it's easy to give voice to the piece of you that's in despair and says, I didn't see heaven on earth today or whatever. Or like you're saying, you can say, okay, cool. I get to open that space up now to do that. Mm-hmm. And it seems like such a simple thing. And, and it truly is very, very simple. But as I like to say, it's simple, but not natural, right? It's not normal. Yeah. It's not what, it's not normal. You know, let me, fr- yeah, let me backtrack. It's, it's simple, but not normal. Um, it's the most natural state of our existence, but it's, um, it hasn't been normalized yet. So I know a lot of us, you know, are, are, have agreed to basically normalize this. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, and once you hit a certain point, you know, my belief is, is that you actually have a responsibility to, because ultimately people know energetically that, that you're kind of tapped in at certain levels and then, and they're watching how you behave. And what you give voice to and how you use your thoughts and how you spend your time and and all these other things. And so everybody's watching, trying to figure out, is is it safe for us to believe this? Mm -hmm. Because we all know, you know, whether you have children or whether you have clients or whether you have whatever it might be, however you interact in the world, somebody's always watching you to see if you're going to show up fully. And we're all just kind of waiting for everybody to take that jump, and so the more of us who are willing to leap out and say, "Hey, look, we did this, and we're still alive, and I think it's okay this time," the more it creates the safety and sanctity for for others to do the same. Um, how do you, how do you reconcile the conversation of, um, or maybe you don't, the the conversation of of that that this isn't real you know this is a hologram or this is an illusion or whatever how does that fit in with heaven on earth kind of concept Mm
1: -hmm. um on from one place i say absolutely it's it is all an illusion Mm -hmm. like welcome to life that's all it is is an illusion so on one level of course when that's being um Presented as a challenging question, uh, that would be the most flippant way for me to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, it. Uh, and um, isn't heaven an illusion to us still? I was—I'm not really sure what time, what age I was. Sometime between um, eight and eleven, um, I had uh, one of my first memorable visions. And I was standing looking at the kitchen window, washing, I don't know, a head of lettuce or something. And for a moment, I saw something that was not outside the back window. I didn't see our patio or the hill with the lawn on it or the corrugated metal roof. I didn't see any of the things that were actually on the other side of that window. What I saw and felt was... Uh, what I could say then was a possible future for life. I saw people it, doing lots of things and, um, and in lots of shapes and colors and embodiments. And there was the sense of honor and respect and collaboration and cooperation and true love um, not like oh, I love you, <laughs> but true, true, um, which is lovely too. But <laughs> but true love. And I watched this, and I thought, wow, this is possible in my lifetime. And and I know I will be part of like part of what brings this about. I have a role to play here in bringing this reality. Into life. I had no idea what the heck that was. No one had ever told me that I could see visions, and the ones I'd experienced had been more visceral before. And I just, like, I didn't, that I had remembered. You know, as children, we probably have way more than we remember. And I spent then probably the next 20 years dancing in and out of it, like pretending it didn't happen. Um, thinking it didn't matter, being called to it, feeling the great onus of oh my god, I have a role to play in this. How is that ever possible? Have you seen all the wars and the disease and the horrors that people like replicate to each other? Like, really? Um, who am I to do that? I'm just one person. Like, I did all the lamenting <laughs> that one could possibly do. It's why I know to, that people are at home doing that. <laughs> and I was called to I really started to listen to the call, that I had one precious life, as Mary Oliver says, and, and would I rather run away from it or continue to say, okay, I don't know how, or why me? Yeah, I do know why me, but still that's an illusion, like to say I had a, a soul contract, okay. It, maybe that's an illusion too. Does it matter? Do I feel, do I feel in love with the idea of creating and living and facilitating heaven on earth? I do. Mm, okay.
0: That's beautiful. It, it's so funny. Our our lives are parallel in the sense that I, I got to that place myself, and it was like, you know, you're you're so f- loving and kind of fluid in your enfoldment, and I'm like, okay, let's cut to the chase here like, like like let's no bullshitting like what what is this about and i so i sat with myself and i was like okay let's say that i drank the kool-aid and <laughs> the none of this is true and i'm totally off my rocker i hit crazy town a while ago and so let's just explore that because i know that that's a fear right that a lot of people hold sure. it's in our collective consciousness mm-hmm. and so I'm like, let's say that's truth. And I'm like, okay, what is the downside of this? People think you're crazy. Okay, got that. That's not really all that new to me. The second P- you know, and I just kind of right. started checking off the list. And at the end of it, I was like, okay, the very, very worst that can happen is at the end of all of this, I die and find out I was wrong. And I get to do it all over, whatever, you know, atone for my mistakes or so that there's nothing and I just die and that's it. But the life that I'm living is a heck of a lot of fun. And I get to interact with amazing people. I truly believe that I create my world. So therefore it's like, that's kind of entertaining. So every day I get to choose, you know, what, what I want to do. And I couldn't really find a solid downside other than the responsible and, and you're not adhering to this. I'm like, yeah, but that isn't fun. Like, let's just call it out.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and it
0: really, that I had to go through that process to finally go, okay, I am willing to play. I'm choosing to play in this. I don't need to know if it's truth, quote unquote, but but it was the only thing that really ever touched what I would perceive of as my soul, you know, really ever lit me up in any way. It felt like I've been preparing for it my entire existence. And it just finally made sense. It makes no logical sense, but it made total sense. And so it was like, well you know, let's go for it. And and I, and I do think that at least the folks that I see who are truly embodying that state here, that's that was a decision point for all of us to say, I can't say definitively that it's truth. Um, but what I can say is that I believe it to be and it feels true. And gosh, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> so it's like, mm-hmm. what's the downside? And, and I know I'm more loving and I know I'm more connected. And I know a day doesn't go by when I don't interact with somebody who says that I changed their existence or that I enlightened mm-hmm. them or that I just made them feel better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, so it's like, I'm, you yeah, know, I'm checking off the golden rule and some other kind of general life guidelines. So, I mean, I mean, really, I, that was kind of the down and dirty discussion I had with myself um, to be okay with it. and and to me, I love that you're calling out the fact that people are in doubt and they are wondering because they think they're crazy. And I I do think it's important to help them know that they're not alone. And and maybe we are all crazy, but we're in good company.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've never been a fan or much of a user of the phrase uh, change agents, but since that's in the common vernacular, I'll use it here. Uh, I think that Change agents must be crazy in the ways that we believe our existence can, can shift reality when reality looks like it is insurmountable and impenetrable. We have to be a little bit crazy, maybe a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and yeah.
0: I, I say, you know, you really truly have to be able to look something in the face and deny its existence.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and yeah it it is crazy by a set of standards yes ultimately we're saying we're not interested in living by those standards and And we believe we don't have to yeah yeah Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. well
0: and 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 on top of that and i agree with you about the change agent thing but i really haven't come up with any other just change agents light workers like lump them all together, you know? I and know.
1: I finally designed what I call the the five soul groups of this time of great change. It's mm-hmm. only more words, of course, but yeah. that's been my- Tom, experience.
0: bro, we need succinctness. Think about okay. branding. No. <laughs> well, and, and, and truthfully, it's part of the reason why, we, why I think uh, the guidance was around superpowers because it's normalizing the fact that this is not uh, a one and done. This is not a- Uh, fluke. It's not like there are singular superheroes. You know, we, we all have that access. Um, And, you know, the whole, all are called, but few will answer. Um, You know, my current estimate is around 5% of people will actually do the work and step up into that space. Yes. I think it's, it's going to grow over time, but we're still not seeing it. We're seeing a very small percentage of the population really wanting to or being willing to live what I call a very divergent lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a, not even lifestyle, a, a divergent existence. Um, speaking about which, you know, that vision that you had when you were younger, it, it truly is meeting the prediction that in this lifetime, we have the ability to live in two different worlds in the same lifetime. Yeah, And I believe that now. And, and again, I've had that experience and people are like, well, what changed? like, well, you still live in a house, you still eat food, you still, and I said, I'm like, everything changed, everything. And the irony is that you, you can't see it until you're there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I can't say to anybody, well, this change and this change and this changed because there's too much proof in their framework that says otherwise. So it's like, Okay. You know, and and Justin, I've been throwing around the phrase, you know, the art of disbelief, and it really is Mm -hmm. a powerful, powerful thing to embrace when you're willing to disbelieve everything else, everything that you've been taught, all the programs and everything, you know, all of it. Um, So it's it's not so much even a doing or a becoming,
1: it's an undoing and an
0: unbecoming.
1: Mm -hmm. I agree. I want to, you know, (laughs) I love numbers. So you just said you think that it's 5%. Um, And I think that there's ways that we can hear that and go, see, I'm just so, I'm like, I'm such a small fraction of the, you know, like, how can we pop? 5% of an 8 billion person (laughs) populated planet is 400 million people, is it not? Yeah. And you're like the silver lining gal. I like it. Like, come on! Like, <laughs> so, that idea that we're all these separate little beacons of light sitting, you know, billions of, of uh, or, uh, you know, hundreds of, of miles away from each other, thinking each other doesn't exist, when the truth is, uh, there's got to be somebody within a mile or two of you <laughs> you
0: know yeah that's a great way to look at it We're well not and I think
1: alone here <laughs> yeah and
0: I think that that is the point of the podcast I think it's a point of our superpower net and and quickly um, you know we kind of tried a local concept early on and that that didn't go over very well um, I mean it served a purpose but it, it also served to illuminate the fact that it, we had to be international very quickly mm-hmm. um, and and that came as a surprise to me I really um, I when I agreed to do this and and it, it that wasn't an easy process um, mm-hmm. lots of of uh, some uh, in, <clears throat> intense chats with God over that one. yeah, and I really was naive in thinking that everybody was ready like of course, everybody wants to learn their superpowers and of course, everybody wants to use them and what that will be fun. Let's do that. Um, part of it was because all I knew was my journey. you know I wasn't you know I didn't come from this world. So it was like my world previously was like, if, if I was coming into this stuff as a former soldier and academician and agent like I didn't grow up in any sort of woo woo metaphysical environment
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, or even particularly a very spiritual one. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, if, if I was doing it, then surely I was behind the times and everybody else was already doing it. Um, and, and I was my only barometer. Mm -hmm. Um, and then to kind of move into this space, making the assumption that everybody was having a similar journey, which, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we could debate, but, but it's, there was so much foundational work and so much fear and so much resistance. And I just, I just didn't have that this lifetime. Like if I met up on fear, like I usually kind of burrowed through it pretty quickly, um, And maybe it's just because nobody told me I
1: shouldn't, you know, I don't know. I don't know how it all works out, but. Early training, you know, like the military, come on, um, counterintelligence. You don't think that that's some training on how to deal with fear?
0: Well, I would say absolutely, but that was late. Like I didn't enlist until I was 27. Um, Mm -hmm. and I had already lived about five different identities this lifetime. And so it was like, I think that, you know, we can chicken egg that all day long, um, in retrospect, it looks, I mean, all fits together. So it's like, sure. it's a perfect aligned kind of I know. Journey.
1: Are we just magical little puzzles. We think are so complicated, yeah. oh. and,
0: but it's like, it's really kind of simple. It's like, no, it was a single line all along. Who knew?
1: And it arced
0: there. Yeah. So it's just beautiful. But, but I know, you know, I'm sensitive to our time today and mm. I want to, I really want to go back to um, for, for a moment, the, I want, to, I want to tackle why, like like I understand, and we've talked about the heaven on earth concept, and we've, I, I think we've done a great job of illuminating for people kind of ways that you can step into that, but why, it, it, what is the point and, and why would people want to traverse the fear and push through it to go into that? Did, did you have to take a hard look at that for yourself? <sighs>
1: I th- I think I sometimes come back to the question again and again. So not just sometimes. I come back to the question again and again. But I'll tell you that um, in my deepest knowing, I, I I think why not is too flippant an answer. I think that if, you know, <laughs> if we don't, if I don't, if I'm the only one, when we know there's probably at least 400 million, um, if I'm the only one... <laughs> you crack me up. And <laughs> I, um, I... I can't fathom the the imagination of not. That's why. I look out at the horrors that are um, uh, so prevalent on the planet. And I also know that in some ways we are way less <laughs> destructive than as, as humans, um, than we ha- kind of have ever been in ancient history. Like, And and I think where we are right now, like it breaks my heart day after day after day if that's all I focus on. If I focus on my why instead of my why not, I believe that if I'm still the only crazy enough silver lining human on the planet, then I can rest my head at the end of this life and go, I don't know if I made a difference or not. I don't know if it shifted humanity or not. I, I have no idea. And I know that I went through it with my heart and with my conviction and my willingness to face it all.
0: That's beautiful. The And I'm in know, so
1: much emotion about it that I'm not sure I'm making any sense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, I think it's beautiful. And it, I mean, it's, I break it down in terms of, you know, playing 100% all in, you know, and, and, and mm. I also say, you know, and being 100% detached simultaneously, yes, um, it's kind of that sweet spot. Um, but some of it is, it's like, you know, I don't know, maybe it was about five years ago, I just made this commitment. And I said, you know, I, I want to see every place where I'm abdicating my power in some capacity.
1: Mm. I I don't
0: care how painful I don't care what I think it means. I don't care how deeply buried it is. I'm done. Like I want to face it. And, um, you know, I feel like I've done that through in different ways, you know, throughout my lifetime. I think at one point when I was really into the goddess imagery, I called on Kali. Um, if you do that, Symbolically, probably make sure that you have a completion to that at some point. Cause it after a while I couldn't figure yeah. out why everything was in such a tumultuousness.
1: Set a container for that
0: one. I'm, I'm like oh, yes. oh, thank you. You can go now. You know, it's like you know, and again, whether you believe in that or not, it was it was a symbolic representation to me of the destructive energies of anything that wasn't purely, you know, the essence of what I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And um you know, and I think that there was so much value in that to be able to say, I-, I want the freedom to choose. And we aren't, we can't truly be in choice if we're being run by our fear. Um, and it, that means hacking away at it in every single vertical in your existence, whether it's mm-hmm. self-image or relationships or money or business or whatever the social ills or whatever that you brought mm-hmm. into this lifetime to deal with every single one, you have to check all those boxes because otherwise you're being run and you don't even know it. Right. Um, and you think you're in choice and, and it, and it gets yes. more and more and more and more subtle at every phase. And so okay. we have to work together. It's like, there's not, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at my husband, like I'm not a good source of information for myself right now. Like I just can't see through this. You know, And so I either go direct to source and if I can't get connected and I know enough about what connection feels like at this point in time, so I know when I'm out of it, I don't trust myself because I know mm. uh, me, the biggest essence of who I am is not making those decisions. I'm being run by something else. And, it's, and, and, it's, and I think people fall into the trap of, well, it doesn't feel like the big fear boulders that we moved before, therefore I'm not in fear. And it's like, yeah, you yeah. still are. It's got all kinds of names and faces right. and different nuances. Yeah, But ultimately, it's the same freaking thing. It's a limitation. It's telling you something that's not truth. And you have to be willing to face it, even if it's just a minor annoyance. Like that right. is still an
1: abdication. And at these yeah. higher and higher frequencies. Oh, a yearning to control a situation or an mm-hmm. experience. Uh, absolutely ex- and expectations that you haven't actually cleared for yourself fear is running those 100 <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent programming yeah like everything that doesn't have you actually yep. saying, I'm at choice I am willing to be the like magic that I am my whatever your words are like the radiance that I am the brilliance that I am the power that I am with grace, I'm going to ask. (laughs) Like, yeah, like each, however you experience it, that's that's the without fear. And fear is going to try and step back up because you're not disembodied spirit. (laughs) You live Mm -hmm. in a human body. (laughs) Um, And it is, uh, we're so well trained at what fear is and it's way more um, advanced than all the ways we think it acts.
0: Absolutely, and it'll try anything, and so it's you know, or, or, and to me, like if you're sitting there at home listening and you're trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I know? Because that's a big question how do I know if it's my intuition? How do I know if it's my fear? And I say, like, here's the deal when you can say definitively that you know you are fine and okay and at peace, regardless of what the circumstances are. projected in your environment then you know that you're okay you know you know that you 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 can have a solid sense of self as you move through the chaos not that you're trying to control the chaos but that actually you you kind of rise above it i I, Mm -hmm. it it is a concept of being um in the earth but not of it um
1: and so so those places where being developing your energetic facility mm -hmm. really helps like maybe beautiful on um something like uh maybe the dance of a feather in a windstorm mm. and you let that energy inform you while you're dealing with a chaos like oh this feather is not afraid <laughs> it's simply beautiful
0: dancing. yeah yeah. oh such a lovely conversation so we're gonna wrap up let's remind people again where they can go to find out more about you
1: Sure. It's at tombrahart.com, and you'll find the spelling on wherever you're watching this.
0: (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. We'll have links on, on the articles page, on the superpower expert site. We've been, you know, it's such been, it's been such a fascinating conversation Mm -hmm. talking about conscious awareness of heaven on earth. And I really, really appreciate um, both you coming on the show, as well as the work that you're doing in the world and what you're embodying for everybody. I, I, I'm honored to, to Mm -hmm. know you and to, walk beside you in this journey
1: Mm -hmm. me too thank you
0: awesome very cool and to all of you out there listening as always we appreciate your loyalty and until next time go out uncover your superpowers and change the world take care everyone are you ready to discover your superpowers go now to superpowerexperts.com and discover your superpowers today